real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, everybody. What a crowd. Helen, how are you? I'm very well, J. Keith. Uh, happy Hanukkah. We're recording this, I believe, on the first Ooh. night of Hanukkah. What do, you, what do you say on the first night of Hanukkah? I believe you say Happy Hanukkah. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, do, do you celebrate uh, the holidays? Uh, I celebrate Christmas, I guess, vaguely, because mm -hmm. I was raised in the Christian tradition, but I haven't been to church in a number of years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, now I just, uh, you know, try to avoid guilt tripping from my Korean parents, and uh, that's, uh, we call it a tradition. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, I was raised, well, I wasn't raised Jewish. I am of Jewish uh, origin. That doesn't seem like the right word. Mm -hmm. Of Jewish persuasion, mm -hmm. of Jewish cultural, Jewish yeah. heritage. Uh, I do remember, because I yeah. grew up in New York City, and so I had a lot of Jewish friends growing up, and I, I do remember learning about the concept of Hanukkah and be yeah. like, wait a minute, eight presents? Right, and then you find Come out, on. and you find out it's eight pairs of socks. <laughs> Maybe a thing, a thing. We celebrated Hanukkah uh, until the year we couldn't find the menorah. <laughs> yeah. It just came to a natural And then end. it was, bring on Christmas. <laughs> well, I guess it, it's a sign. It's a sign. The candles lasted zero nights. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. That is 100% true story. Wow. That's right. came to a natural end. Yeah. No, oh. we, weren't, we, weren't, we weren't Christians. We celebrated Christmas because we are Americans. Right. Yeah, that just seems what you do I here. I feel like it's coming to... I feel like uh, in America now, it's sort of, sort, of, sort of melding together. Like, I was performing at the Hollywood Improv the other night, and they have on their stage right now a Christmas tree, mm -hmm. and where the star would be at the top of the tree is a Star of David. So it's, <laughs> just... it's a Christmas Hanukkah decoration. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those coexist bumper stickers yeah. just in, uh, in sculpture form. I was like, very efficient, Hollywood yeah. Improv. Let's do this now. Today on... <laughs> Let's talk about Halloween again. <laughs> Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts in two different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Helen, let's get started and meet today's guests. Who is up first? He is an Emmy-winning writer of The Daily Show, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the new book Horse Meets Dog, and a host of the podcast, The Flop House, here on Maximum Fun Network, it's Elliot Kalin! Elliot Kalin! <laughs> Elliot, no, Elliot, Elliot you, sit, you sit there. Elliot takes the stage like a seasoned performer. Classic bit. You wave to the audience, then you walk right off the stage. Oh, again. nice. A great bit for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. For an audio podcast, yeah. The listening audience yeah. loves it. Do you, have any, do you have any miming you'd like to do as well? Yes. I think they'd really appreciate that. Uh, Elliot, the Flop House is such a great show. Thank you very much. I enjoy it very much, as do many people here. That means a lot. Uh, now, there are a lot of bad movie podcasts out there. What Too many, some would say. <laughs> some would say. Well, what makes yours so, so different? Why do you think yours works so well? I think it is, one, we've been doing it a long time. Mm -hmm. So I think next year we will be entering our 11th or 12th year of doing this wow. dumb show. Wow. And, like, and it's very dumb. And, but I think, <laughs> I think the thing that puts it together is just that the other co-host, Dan and Stewart, and I, 
we're like really good friends in real life and are really comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think what people tell us all the time is like, I like listening to shows because it's like I'm hanging out with my friends. And I'm like, too familiar. We are not your friends, sir. But, <laughs> but like, I listen to it, so, you know, if I'm doing something because it's like, oh, I'm, list- I'm hanging out with my friends doing this. So, and right. I think that follows through, through it. Oh. That it's like, oh, good, we're having a fun time. Everybody's enjoying each other. We're providing emotional support for each other at times. You know, that kind of thing. That's great. Now, I think one of your specialties on the show is you are very good at quickly summarizing a movie's plot. Thank you. How do you... uh, (laughs) Also, you're very good at gratitude. (laughs) Um, uh, What's the key to that? Because a lot of times you try to describe the the story of a movie to someone, and and it takes a while. How do you get so efficient at it? I think the main thing is, one... Most movies are the same movie, so you can. There's a lot that you don't. There are a lot of details you don't have to get into. It's mm. the same basic thing. And two, uh, the things that stick in your mind after you saw it are probably the most germane things mm. to the movie. So, like, if you're really grasping for a detail, it's probably not that important. Like, if you saw, if you're trying to summarize Fargo and you forgot what happened to the bad guys at the end, but you remembered the scene with Mike Yamagita where he has lunch with with uh, Francis McDormand, and it's very weird. That is a great scene. That's yeah. the most important scene in the movie, probably. So, like, so like that's what you should remember. And the first uh, Asian-American character in a, in a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, yeah, I think you're and right. And I believe I was a, played the second. Oh! oh. Inside the well in Davis. I just wanted to plug myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I brought this up. A little humble brag. Yeah. Now, you're writing on the, uh, the new Netflix version of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. The next newest season just came out on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah cool. Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, which also is a show that deals with bad movies. So that's yes. kind of right in, your, right in your wheelhouse. Well, it's, I'd be lying if I said that uh, Mystery Science Theater wasn't a huge influence on the Flophouse, the podcast, that like, that was, growing up, that was the show I wanted to work on. It was my favorite show of all time and like did a lot to mold me. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I was the student and then I came around and became involved. Now I'm the master, and Ooh. now I can end my time on this planet. Because, <laughs> because, you, I, because you I did it. You pulled up your Jedi yeah. for us. You, you yeah. finally grabbed the pebble out of the hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grabbed the pebble, and I was like, this is this pebble? That's what I was working for all this time? <laughs> I'm like, all right. Wait, so you only ever watch bad movies? That's, so here's the thing, and I want to say this as a cautionary tale to anybody out there. There is a hole you can fall into when you're interested in bad movies, which is when you start watching more bad movies than good movies, and you start to forget why you would watch a movie in the first place, and you're like, I gotta watch this, this is garbage. Like, I gotta watch it. And then you have to claw your way out of that by watching like a lot of good movies and just remind yourself like, oh, I got into movies in the first place because I love stories and human emotions. Like it's not to make fun of things like this. <laughs> so it's a, it's a danger. If your job is ostensibly to watch all the bad movies and then you have to cleanse your palate by watching good movies, you're watching movies all the time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all day, all I mean, night. it sounds great. I mean, if that could be my life, it would be good. But I have, what, it, what the real, reality is that I have children and so I watch movies for about 20 to 30 minutes while doing the dishes on an iPad. And, and it's like, that's how I'm going to watch First Man. I'm sorry. That's, that's how I'm going to see it in 20-minute chunks on an iPad while I'm washing a dish. Uh, now, speaking of children, you are a new author of a children's book. Yes. It just came out uh, at the end of October. Mm-hmm. A book called Thank you. Horse Meets Dog. It's my first picture book. Uh, it's from... Ballsroom Bray, a division of HarperCollins, and the illustrations are by Tim Miller, mm-hmm. who may be, many people may know from the Snapsy the Alligator books. Whoa! And 
<laughs> and uh, uh, what inspired you to write Horse Meets Dog? Based on a true story? It's based on... Kind of, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> So there, my wife is from a little town called Sonoma, California. It's up in the wine country, Bay Area, very beautiful. But don't go there. There's too many tourists already. And <laughs> she grew up there. She's a local. And uh, there's a horse farm in the middle of town. It's a Clydesdale farm, which uh, hopefully they'll be able to hold on to. There's some, there's some controversy about that right now. But one time when my son was, my older son was very young, we were watching horses there, and there was a dog looking at a horse, and my son thought it was hilarious. And he thought it was so funny that a dog would ever look at a horse. And I was like, I wonder what that dog's thinking about. I bet that dog thinks that horse is a really big Wait, dog. Wait, is there a Budweiser commercial that ripped off this idea? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems familiar to I me. I mean, it's, it's a... Yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, this, the book doesn't end with them drinking, so I mean, that's sort of a... Then I'm out. But, that's, but that was the genesis of it, was like, I wonder what that dog's thinking about. And I wonder what that horse would argue with him about. So oh, the book is mostly delightful. arguing. Thank you. Well, pick it up. I recommend it. And I'm impartial. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have any skin in this game. I just wrote it. So I say, <laughs> pick it up. Highest recommendation, A+. Plus. Well, we are impartial about our appreciation for having Mr. Elliot Kalin. Thank you again. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Helen, against whom will Elliot be competing? She is an actor, author, and producer who created and starred in The Guild, stars in Mystery Science Theater 3000, and can be seen on Supernatural. It's Felicia Day! Felicia Day! Hi, Felicia. Have a seat there. I had to ask, can I bring my squirt on stage? <laughs> yes. Uh, Felicia, with, uh, not only have I not seen a glass bottle of squirt in maybe 30 years... <laughs> I was not expecting to see one on the stage tonight. I brought it from home. It's my only drink. No, I'm just kidding. I just refill it. There's actually just, like, uh, Shasta in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do want to pop. You want a Shasta. I want a pop. Felicia, did you also bring notes? I see you have books with you as well. No. I, <laughs> no. I brought my computer because I was at, ha I was at home uh, working, but then I heard my baby uh, wake up, and so I just ran out of the house. <laughs> Because I, I was like, if she sees me, it's going to be a deal, and I just need to get out. Uh-huh. So you're enjoying wow. motherhood, are you? Great. And then I parked at the office depot across the street. I needed to get validated, so I bought construction paper. Now, you're not going to give that to your child, though, are you? Because I mean, that could be a whole deal. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, so I did get validated, by the way. Excellent. Congratulations. Uh, well, Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited uh, to be here. As Helen Mom of the year. Yeah, really. <laughs> By the way, is, is someone home with your child? Yeah, no, it's not like she woke up and I was just like, bye. No. Yeah. You don't hear a lot of parents ghosting their children. Yeah. Uh, now, as Helen mentioned in the intro, you are on Mystery Science Theater 3000. I am. Which Elliot writes for. I know. I wrote on one episode this season. Oh, really? Yeah. What, the, your, of your own that you were on? Um, I, I wrote on Killer Fish. Last year I wrote on four episodes. This year I only got I wrote on one, and mm. it was the one you weren't even on it, right? It was like, no, I was involved in the second level of that one, but not in the first. Yeah, level you weren't yeah. primary on that. Yeah, yeah. And then I got the flu for Mac and me, and I couldn't be on that. So yeah, was, that was very disappointing. We were really looking forward to having oh, you. Oh God! That after one. Killer Fish, I didn't think I could do two in a row. That was that was uh, that was a chapping my butt kind of movie. <laughs> They're saying the movie gave you the flu. It really did. <laughs> there were so many scenes with I'm not kidding. If you guys watch it, um, there's just so many scenes of men jumping into water in jean shorts <laughs> and for some reason I'm not kidding just thinking about that makes me just oh gross it's, it's, that's two levels of horror the name of the movie should have been Killer Jorts yeah. 
on men. Men's yeah. killer jorts. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how often in that process do you two uh, come across each other uh, making a show? It's actually my contract. We're not supposed to be yeah, near yeah. each other, so this is... <laughs> This is weird. Yeah. This is a whole rider. Okay, <laughs> yep. I understand. Our lawyers are going to have to yeah. Yeah, talk this uh, out Felicia, afterwards. a lot of people know you from The Guild, which yeah. is a yes. show that you... Oh, yeah. So good. Thank you, guys. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you created it, you produced it, you wrote it, I did. you acted in it, maybe you directed it? I did not direct oh, it. Oh, what Although a loser. I told... <laughs> I was very bossy. Yeah. No, I had great directors who did that work. Uh, how do you decide to do this on your own? I, nobody would hire me otherwise. It oh. was just one of those things. I was doing commercials. You know, as an actor, you just go to like 20,000 commercial auditions a sure. week, and you're like, I'll sell this, but you don't want me to, so here. <laughs> um, yeah. We actually met, Jake, like mm-hmm. forever ago at Acme Comedy Theater, mm-hmm. and that's where I started taking sketch writing classes from my friend Kim Evie, who then became my friend and invited me to a women's help group that then guilted me into writing a script. But it's one of the first stories of, like, legendary stories of, like, a web series that really took off. Yeah, it was Pioneer. And then it set the bar really high for other people never, you know, like, oh, you told me you <laughs> I would get discovered from this thing I put on the internet. I'm sorry. That happened to you. Yes, you really were wrong to make people aspire and <laughs> pursue their dreams. No, no, it was fine. It's great. It's amazing to be like, hey, I'm making this because of you. Some One person, I was like, I wrote three books because of you. I'm like, that's more writing than I've ever done. <laughs> can, I, can I have your autograph? That's terrific. You played a character on Supernatural who died, and yet you were on Supernatural again. Is that surprising? A little, I mean, not considering it's called Supernatural, I guess, but in, in the course of usual I television, mean, usually when a character dies, the actor does not come back and do more episodes. I'm like the Sean Bean of women. Nobody... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say no more. Felicia Day, ladies and gentlemen. Mike. Yeah, I don't know when to go out. All right, uh, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Elliot, you said you know a lot about dinosaurs, mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock, and Abraham Lincoln. Again, the hipster factor in this room is crazy. Uh, Felicia, you said you know a lot about the TV show Dharma and Greg. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, the hey. bo- Yeah? <laughs> Glaring down the doubters is Felicia. You also said you know a lot about the board game Settlers of Catan. I think so. I mean, somebody's going to show me up. There's somebody in the audience who knows more than me, and they're going to be going like this all night. Uh, and you also said you know a lot about baking cookies. I like, I like right. eating them, and it's a vehicle to get me in, inside yes. me. I like to bake them. Baking is a good, is a, it is a good cookie delivery system, it I acknowledge. Is. All right, well, later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It is time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. And if either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person does have a chance to take away some of those points. Your topic today, intention and prevention. First up, Elliot with intention. Elliot, your question comes from a listener, Jacob Drabick of Cincinnati, Ohio. Elliot, they both are words that show your intention, but what is the difference between purposely and purposefully? Purposely and purposefully. I'm going to say that purposely means you meant to do it. Mm-hmm. Purposefully, though, means that you had a real goal in mind. You had a real goal in mind. Yeah, like you're really working towards something. 
Okay. So maybe you got a five-year plan before you do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Purposely, it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't do it by accident. But purposefully, uh, is like, this has a meaning behind it. A meaning behind yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got Elliot's answer. We don't know yet if he is correct. <laughs> Felicia, if you don't think he's got it exactly right, you can steal. Well, what do you think? I think purposely is you uh, doing something with intention, and then mm-hmm. purposefully, you do it something with purpose. <laughs> Felicia could not even keep a straight face for a nanosecond after saying that. (laughs) Ducking away under the table. Uh, All right, you did indeed say that. This segment has served its purpose. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Purposely means that you are doing something deliberately or on purpose. Purposefully implies a motivation beyond the action itself. For example, I didn't accidentally touch that man's arm. I grabbed it purposely and purposefully grabbed his arm because I want him to fall in love with me. Oh, who loves love and getting grabbed by Helen? <laughs> uh, that's right. It does have to do with the action and the meaning behind the action. So what does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? I think two points for Elliot. I think so as well. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Elliot. Thank you. Up next in intention and prevention, Felicia with prevention. Okay. Felicia, they both want you to cut that out. But what is the difference between cease and desist? Cease and desist. Cease means to stop. hmm and desist means to take the purpose out of what you were doing. <laughs> Felicia, you might be confusing a couple different segments. These are separate questions. Um, these, I mean, it just makes sense what I said. Okay, so let's hear it again if you can remember. Um, cease means to, to, to stop, stop. Right. And desist means to unarm yourself and stop. To unarm yourself. <laughs> I just changed and it. And stop. Yeah. Okay, so purpose is not a part of this anymore. Now we're going no, with, I mean, with de-escalating the arms race. I mean, both of them sounds right to me. <laughs> they, they do. They do. You can be armed with a purpose. You yeah, can you're going to disarm your purpose yeah. when you desist. Well, we have Felicia's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct somehow. Uh, Elliot, what do you think? Cease means to stop. Hmm? And I think desist means don't do it again. Like, don't just stop doing it now. Don't yeah. do it again in the future, buddy. Whoa, oh, buddy. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Just got badass with the addition of buddy. Yeah. Well, I, I mentioned New York. Voice? Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> hey, stop like, kicking your brother. Cease and desist. Hey, hey, buddy. hey, put him down. That's how I talk to my son. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this segment has to stop, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. To cease is to stop doing something that you have already been doing. To desist is to not do it again. Oh. How about an example, Helen? For example, I asked Jake Keith to cease texting me his great ideas for new comic book superheroes at three in the morning. He did cease doing it for a few days, but then he started up again until I asked him to desist. Who wants to hear about Podcast Man anyway? <laughs> Elliot, you write comic books. Podcast man, that's a hit, right? Uh, I mean, the, the bar is so low for a hit in comic books. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Helen, what does that mean as far as our points go? I think I'm going to give Felicia one point because you did get cease correct. Correct. Yes. <laughs> correct. <laughs> and then one point for Elliot for getting desist correct. One point for each player. So, Helen, what is our score as we end that round? At the end of that round, Elliot Kalin has three points and Felicia Day has one point. That's right. Those scores are bound to change, though, as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. 
And now a word from our sponsor. Say, Helen, were you ever bullied? Hmm, let's see. I'm a child of immigrants, forced to go to Catholic school when I wasn't Catholic. I went into comedy. Yeah, seems like a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> how about you? Were you bullied? Oh, we don't have enough time to say how much. But <laughs> we do have to tell everybody about Bullied, the new children's book by celebrated video game creator turned award-winning author Scott Langtoe. I know that name. He's one of our listeners. And he's contributed questions for the What's the Difference round. He is a smart guy. He is. And even though the book is for children, it's still very smart and sensitive. It explores the bullying problem realistically and from multiple angles. It's about kids who get bullied about ethnicity, orientation, poverty, braininess, body type, language skills, and more. Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot. But both the bullied and the bullies learn and find hope in this story. Plus, it's got amazing contemporary illustrations by Eric Lee. Can you get the book Bullied at ShakeTheMoonBooks.com or Amazon and other retailers? What an oddly specific question. <laughs> yes, you can, Helen. That's Bullied by Scott Langtoe at ShakeTheMoonBooks.com, Amazon, and more. Thank, Thank you, you, Bullied. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for maximum fun. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Elliot Kalin with three points and Felicia Day with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Elliot Kalin, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about dinosaurs, Alfred Hitchcock, and Abraham Lincoln. Let's uh, find out a little bit about each one. Uh, first, you said you know a lot about dinosaurs. Well, you know, I was your classic dinosaur kid. As a kid, loved dinosaurs. <laughs> what is a classic dinosaur kid? Loves dinosaurs, talking about them all the time. Okay. I'd keep, I'd, like, my mom would put me to bed, and I'd say, no, I want to talk about dinosaurs. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of people, they, da they date the years from the year of the birth of Christ. I date it from the year Jurassic Park came out, 1993. <laughs> AK, the movie, 1993, AK1AJP. Uh, but uh, I just, and I still always like them. There's something that's so, they're basically monsters that were real. And also, every, I've seen that it changed, the science behind them changed so many times in my lifetime, in my short lifetime on this earth. And so it's like, I've been fascinated recently by the fact that like every image of a dinosaur I've ever seen when I was since I was a kid is now they're like, nah, they don't look like that. That was wrong. They were <laughs> yeah. like they're all birds now. And so it was like, this is amazing. Like these things have been dead for millions of years, but they're changing all the time. Like they're always reinventing. Like you didn't find that frustrating that uh, you thought you knew something and then you Every great superstar new? knows how to reinvent themselves with a new generation. So oh. that's <laughs> that dinosaurs all over. Yeah. That is true when I found out that T-Rexes don't look like that with the short stubby arms. I'm like, oh man. Wait, what? But I guess they don't. I guess they, they don't have t ten little arms? They're pretty short, but they're more muscular than they thought. They're not useless arms, you know. Really? Yeah. yeah. They, 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 their little arms are yoked. Yeah. <laughs> You're upsetting Felicia. Are you happy now? See, this is what whenever I need. I just, whenever I needed a smile, I thought about a T-Rex <laughs> trying to hug somebody. <laughs> also, true story, if you have shorter arms pro than proportional to your body, you have a higher rate of getting Alzheimer's. So whenever I see like Giada, 
uh, or like there's another actress who's really beautiful, but she has kind of short arms. I think of them making out with the T-Rex and then dying of Alzheimer's. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't choose this as one of your topics, Felicia. <laughs> that very specific part of it. All right, well, you never know what we're going to uncover when we talk about dinosaurs, do you? I have really short, stumpy arms, yeah. and I would be offended, but I can't remember what you were saying. Aww. Aww. You look totally proportional, honestly. Yeah. I promise you. I actually have extra long monkey arms, and I don't say that to brag. Um, <laughs> Yes, it makes it does. very difficult yes, to buy a sweater, so that's all I'm saying. Uh, hey, let's get back to the show. Uh, Elliot, you also said you know a lot about Alfred Hitchcock. Tell us about that. That was uh, the first time as a kid that I really was, like, getting into movies, where I'm like, oh, these are, like, it's not just like Wayne's World. There's things, you know, that's, <laughs> it's not just Jurassic Park. Like, uh, he, his movies were the first ones where it felt like, oh, like, somebody made this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is someone who is, was really thinking about this when I, that I saw. And I used to watch them. My mom, at a certain point, was like, I'm going to make you kids watch, like, good movies. And we started oh. watching Alfred Hitchcock movies. And so they're tied up with my feelings about my mother, which, considering Alfred Hitchcock's movies, is not, like, that's not a great thing. Like, like it's not like he ever did a movie that involved a guy who had a crazy feeling about his mom. But, you know, what do you do? But would, would she, like, show you the really scary ones when you were really little? Oh, yeah. I mean, there were some, like, the, some like, of the late... Were you inappropriately aged to, to be watching, like, really scary Alfred Hitchcock movies? Probably. But it was, like... My mom was big on showing us the scarier Alfred Hitchcock movies and also 80s comedies with a lot of nudity in them. Oh. And so I was like, she was like, we're watching Coming to America, you know, or whatever, you know, something like that. It's oh. like, oh, I'm just a kid. She's like, no, we're watching it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but but uh, the, you know, his, so much of his movies, it's like suspense and not, not, it's like his later movies get a little harsher, but mm-hmm. the real key prime ones, it's, it's the scariness of like, what's going to happen to this guy? Right. Rather than like, oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe I saw that. Right. Yeah, they're not about gore, they're about anticipation. Yes, yeah, exactly. Anticipation of gore, yeah. <laughs> you also said you know a lot about Abraham Lincoln. He's just, I think he's the most amazing, interesting person who ever lived, and he's kind of like my, my moral and ethical guidepost, and I think about him every day. But, you know, that's what, you know, some people have their religions, and mine is that guy, so. <laughs> and, like, my son's middle name is, is, my first son's middle name is Lincoln, and uh, I wanted to be his first name, and my wife said, let's make a middle name instead. And he's just, uh, I just think he's a, an amazing human being, you know. He's done a lot of great work, I think, and, uh, you know, he's getting recognized more and more. That's, that's like, that shows you you can take, can't take the Daily Show out of the, out of the boy, but I had a... Years ago, I convinced my wife to, co- to go with me to Springfield, Illinois, and we tracked a bunch of the real-life places, and we ended at his tomb, and it was like, the, standing at his tomb, it was the first time I realized, like, oh, I'm never going to get to meet him, and it was one of the, hard, it was one of the hard, hardest moments the of my time. life. That was the first, it was like, first time. It's like I knew it intellectually, yeah. but it wasn't there. I was like, oh, yeah, he did die 116 years before I was born. Like, that's, it was really a hard moment. Are, are you okay? I mean, I deal with it a little more every day. Okay. <laughs> All right, so to summarize, you said you know a lot about dinosaurs, Alfred Hitchcock, and Abraham Lincoln. Today we're going to quiz you about Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. Oh. Oh, what is your favorite Hitchcock film? Oh, Shadow of a Doubt with uh, Joseph Cotton and Teresa Wright, and it's shot in, set and shot in Santa Rosa, California, and Joseph Cotton play, eh, well, you know, I won't go to the whole plot of it, but it's, okay. it's, a, it's a story about a girl who, in a small town who she wants something big to happen in her life, and she, it, something does happen, and it's that her beloved uncle is a serial killer, and <laughs> nobody in her, in her family knows except her, and it's a fantastic movie. Great, and what, what's the last time that you saw a Hitchcock movie? 
Um, it's actually been a little. It's bit. been a while. All right, yeah, well, let's so. see if that affects. By the way, uh, you but I watched them a lot. Plot summary. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> that was really good. Brian I wanted to see that. A good plot. I was yeah. like, Ooh, thank you. That was succinct, and I and I want to watch the movie now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Alfred Hitchcock to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show off, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Felicia, do listen closely because if Elliot gets any of those wrong, and you know the the correct answer, you can steal. By the way, Felicia, how much do you know about Alfred Hitchcock? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Elliot, it seems like this is your game to lose. Uh, here we go. Elliot Kalin, your first question about Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock is known as one of the great film directors of all time, of course, but he also left his mark on television. What was the name of the TV show where Alfred Hitchcock presented an anthology of mystery stories? Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. We tried to put the answer in the question for number one. I appreciate that. That's right. It actually started as Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and then it became the Alfred Hitchcock Hour as it expanded from a half hour. By the way, Hitchcock directed 17 of the 268 episodes of that series. Uh, question number two for Elliot. Four films Hitchcock directed were nominated for Oscars for what we now call Best Picture, but only one of them has won. Which one? Rebecca. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. No hesitation there. Wow. Uh, the other ones that were nominated but that didn't win were Foreign Correspondent, Suspicion, and Spellbound. Elliot, you're That is crazy. Yeah. That, like, crazy. Vertigo was not nominated. Yeah, like, North by Northwest, Northwest was not nominated. Rear Window was not nominated. Yeah. Academy. I may be the first person to ever say this. Yeah. I think the Academy might have its head of its butt a little bit. Oh, like, no. <laughs> Hot take. Shots fired. <laughs> Uh, question number three, Elliot. Which film did Hitchcock make in 1934 and remake in 1956 with the same title? The Man Who Knew Too Much. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. Speaking of knowing too much. Wow. wow. Come on. Wow. Come on. Look at him. He's flushing. Oh, He's sweating. There's like things coming out. <laughs> yes. Don't lift my arm. That's, that's, that, but now, now the pride goeth before the fall. So now you're going to ask a real hard one. All right. Well, let's it. see what we do with this or one. Or it'll be the easiest question ever, and I'll be so overconfident that I'll get it wrong. Or somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> or somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> question number four. Hitchcock was known for appearing in short cameos in his American movies. Lesser known is that in several of them, he shows up carrying a certain kind of object. What did he carry? In one, he's got like a trumpet case. And in one, he's got dogs with him. And he's one, he's got a handful of cards. There's uh, an object that, there's a type of object that he carried multiple times, though. You, no. you have a hint available if you'd like to use the I'll, hint. I'll use the hint. Helen, yeah. how about that first hint for Elliot? In another genre of movies, these would contain machine guns. Like a, oh, like a violin case. Helen? Or a, or larger instrument case <laughs> of a similar type of instrument. <laughs> strings like a, oh, yeah, oh, that's right, yeah, a cello case. Or a cello. I'll give it to you. A okay. musical, musical instrument. instrument case. Oh, yes. That's right. I was trying to be too specific for my own good. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I was like, confident. viola, the violin cello. Yeah. yeah. Showing up carrying a violin, a cello, a bugle, a double bass, uh, famously, that's right. as well. Yeah, he's, uh, like, he's like trying to wrestle a double bass through a doorway right. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, you're a four for four. Here's question number five. Hitchcock's most famous films were made in the USA in the 50s and 60s, but he got his start in Britain in the 1920s making silent movies. What was Hitchcock's first film with sound, which was also the first feature film with sound in all of Britain? I was worried you would ask this, and I can't... It was, there's two that I can't remember which one it was. If it's... Uh... You do have a hint available if you'd like oh, to use Oh, yeah, give me the hint. How, yeah. how about that second hint? If you don't pay me, I'll tell everyone you don't know the answer. 
Blackmail. That is correct. That is correct. Excellent use of the hints. I couldn't remember if it was blackmail or murder. Or murder. No, blackmail, that's right. Uh, when the film was released in 1929, not every theater had sound, so a silent version was also released. Uh, by the way, Elliot Kalin is five for five, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. But I used hints. So in my mind, yeah. it doesn't count because I used hints. All right. Thank you. But okay, it does. The audience didn't like that. That's right. thing doesn't no, no, work we're understanding. We're understanding the mother part a lot more now <laughs> yeah, as well. So, yeah, my mom would be like, "So use two hints." Huh? <laughs> oh, a minus, huh? Yeah. Um, all right. Here now is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Uh, you guys are good. That really was a bunch of people. That was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, the question is so high level. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. Elliot, one of Hitchcock's masterpieces is 1963's The Birds. While most people know it starred Tippi Hedren as Melanie Daniels, there were many other notable performers and characters, too. Three of those characters had the last name Brenner. Melanie's love interest, Mitch Brenner, his mother, Lydia Brenner, and his little sister, Kathy Brenner. For up to three points, name the three actors who played the Brenners. So Suzanne Plachette was the sister, and Jessica Tandy was the mother, and... The love interest, who's the son you know, slash brother, is oh, why can't I remember his name? I cannot remember. But he was in the time machine, right? Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he has the scariest part of the movie, where the part where he has to escort everyone from the house to the car as the birds are all around. And I remember watching, him being like, "This is the scariest thing that he has to like take care of them right. in that moment." And he's like, "Oh, it's so." Frightening. I'll never forget this actor's name. Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Oh, for the life of me, this man is burned into my brain." Yes. Oh, but I can't remember. Can't uh, pull it. No. Uh, no. All right. Well, Helen is taking notes of the answers you did give us. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an actor who has been working for over 60 years, including in movies Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Alien, and Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. It's Veronica Cartwright. Veronica Seriously? Cartwright. jacket is so cute. Yeah. Why don't you describe the jacket for our listening audience? It is a plaid jacket with a tart, kind of a tartan, like very Christmassy colors, but then there are little patches everywhere. One of them is a little film camera, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna beat you up in the alley and take it. <laughs> it's very Todd Oldman, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Miss Cartwright, it's so happy to, so happy and wonderful to have you here. Thank you. Uh, I'm kind of freaking out because Alien is one of my favorite movies, and I can't believe like we're sharing this. Yeah, 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 right yeah. There's so many things to talk about. I guess let's start with let's start with Alien because some people actually compare that to a Hitchcock film. Did did, did you have a sense of that it was a, a Hitchcockian in nature? Oh, absolutely. Because Alfred Hitchcock would sort of allude to things and um, wouldn't let you see everything, um, and that's what an Alien did. That they it was just making your own mind up what that alien beast looked like. Mm -hmm. And one of the scariest things to me is that end part when she's in the shuttle and you've been watching an entire scene with the alien right behind her and all of a sudden it comes forward and that's what Hitchcock he did a lot so I mean what um, just, this is a little bit of trivia but sure. um, we're kind of into that here uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we did the jungle gym scene where the birds and I'm I'm 
only 12, not Suzanne Plachette. Um, <laughs> I think I got the characters mixed up in my head. That's the problem. Yes, because yeah, yeah, yeah. she was a school teacher. That's right, she's a school Annie, teacher. the school teacher. So we had this big jungle gym where the birds are coming onto it. Some of them were alive. Some of them were just pieces of cardboard on the thing. And I asked him, I said, I don't understand. Aren't people going to see that the birds that are on the wire or on the jungle gym, they're, they're fake? And he goes, no, your eye sees movement. You assume everything is alive. And you can watch that movie to this day and you can't tell which ones are fake and which aren't. And it's brilliant. Your mind does these tricks. That was part of his genius, that, yeah. he, that he knew that yeah. and, and played with that. I only watched that movie once because I felt so sorry for the birds. <laughs> Am I the only one? Thank you. Okay. No. Thank you, one person. Well, that was before the Humane Society, I believe, was on sets of mm-hmm. movies. Right? Well, they actually would go around to street signs and pull birds. We had 15,000 birds mm. in that one scene where it comes down the chimney, and they were all captured in, like, like crates wow. and they'd pull them and we were in a huge plastic bubble and we had an oxygen tank in there so the birds of course they came down the chimney went up found they couldn't go anywhere and just would literally drop oh. and then so we learned we had to shoot it very several times and they come scrape them all up and oh. put them back and it was I mean, it was really grotesque. So you were not necessarily acting as much when you were being grossed out or terrified by these birds. I mean, you know, Jessie's... Um, Jessica Tandy trod on one and that just about did her in. We learned we had to shuffle. You couldn't walk. You just sort of moved your feet. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. So what was Hitchcock like? You you had worked on the TV show that we talked about before, but I understand you hadn't met him until you did The the Birds. You know, I thought he was fantastic. He just was totally open to me. I think I probably reminded him of his daughter or something. Um, I could ask him any questions would bring him tea every afternoon at 4 o'clock. And I, he'd just sit, I'd just sit next to him while he drank his tea and ate his biscuits. I mean, he always explained anything if I would ask. Um, the scene at the end where the door opens, I said, well, aren't people going to know that there's no door there? And he goes, no, because show them Rod. And so Rod reaches down and he mimes opening a door and a big shaft of light comes across Mm. and it looks just like a door when you watch it. He said, I wouldn't be able to see you otherwise. And this is the magic of movies. (laughs) How often does somebody get to say that? Now you mentioned that you were 12 when you did this. You actually turned 13 while you were filming. Yeah, and they threw me a big birthday party. It was great. It was just, uh, it was a sweet, it was very sweet. Right after that chimney scene, actually. Yeah, you could use a party after that, I'm guessing. (laughs) You also are, I'm a huge sci-fi and fantasy fan, and you are like, your whole career is just sci-fi slash fantasy goals. Because you've just been in, you were in the Twilight Zone, you were in Birds, you were an alien, you've been in some X-Files episodes. Like, I'm like, ah, freaking out. <laughs> did you, did, is this something you wanted to do? Is this something that you, you like being associated? In peril. Yeah. <laughs> I love being in peril. Um, when you think about it, I mean, when, when I did Alien, Lambert seemed very weepy to me. And I thought that I didn't want to sort of play her that way. But when you think about it, she was actually the wisest one on that ship. She said, let's draw straws. Let's get the f- out of here. Yeah. She was a survivor. She didn't want to end up the way she ended up. Right. Same thing in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I was the only wise one. Why do the, you know aliens have to come in spaceships or, or metal objects or something? Mm-hmm. I mean, I really thought I'd 
beat the whole thing, and then Donald turned around and sort of yeah. said, no, you have. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I, I, I recently, my wife had never seen Alien, and we watched it uh, not that long ago for the first time, and during the chess Brewster scene, I was like, watch her. Like, that's the yeah. person to watch. Like, what? And it's like, every, it's, there's, there's something about that moment and, and well it was like, like one take and we were all mm-hmm. like so absorbed I was told I would get a little jet you know a little blood on me of course I didn't realize I was so fascinated watching this chest <laughs> I leaned directly into a jet <laughs> and of course when it hit me it was just like a natural reaction but it was very funny because I went like this oh my god and I backed up and up my knees hit the banquette and I actually flipped over the top of the banquette and it, re- it looked like a Max Senate movie where they were like da 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 I'm gone I just disappeared. I mean, it was like two cowboy boots sticking up. It was hysterical. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game goes. You heard the question that we asked of Elliot. We wanted to know who played the Brenners. Helen, let's remind everyone, who did Elliot say played the love interest, Mitch Brenner? Elliot had no answer for no, that. But and is that was... correct? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was no love interest. Was that no is correct. He knew he was in the time machine. Yeah, no. that's right. Was he? And who was that actor, of course? Rod Taylor. That was Rod yeah. Taylor. All right, no point there for Elliot. Uh, next, we wanted to know who played the mother, Lydia Brenner. Helen, what did Elliot say? Elliot said Jessica Tandy. And? That's correct. That's a point for Elliot. <laughs> and finally, and please, try to restrain yourself. <laughs> We asked Elliot who played the little sister, Kathy. Helen, what did Elliot say? Elliot said Suzanne Pleshette. I'm, feeling, Veronica... I'm feeling good about this one. I'm feeling very good about this one. Yeah, Veronica confident. Cartwright, who played Kathy Brenner? Veronica Cartwright. <laughs> Cartwright. No point there. Elliot, anything else you'd like to ask of Ms. Cartwright before we send her off? Like, I, like not enough. I, how much time do we have? Oh, about 10 know. seconds. Oh. It's a, it's, I don't know. They, they, those are movies that, like, it's hard for me to believe that they're real people who made them because they, they're so special. And they're so, iconic. Yeah. Yes. And so, it, it, like, it's hard for me. I've gone to a lot of the locations of the, I'm oh, sorry, a lot of locations of different Hitchcock movies. Like, we went up to Bodega Bay and, mm-hmm. and walked around the, the house there and everything. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I can't even believe these, like, Alfred Hitchcock was a real person. Like, this is amazing to me, you know? So, right. I don't know. It's, uh, so I wish I had, uh, wish I'd known ahead of time, one, because then I would have gotten the question right. Yeah, you and might two, have. You might have. Yeah. Two, then I have a question on you. Yeah, hand, that's okay, that's right. No, uh, it's just amazing that you're here. Uh, Veronica Cartwright, if people want to find out more about you or what you're up to, where can they go? Um, Veronica-Cartwright.com. Thanks so much for joining website. us. Veronica Cartwright. I better not, we're happy she's here. Veronica Cartwright. Iconic. Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that round. At the end of that round, Elliot Kalin has nine points and Felicia Day has one point with yeah. a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Felicia about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, Felicia and Elliot will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. <laughs> And now a word from ourselves. Uh, we're happy to announce that Go Fact Yourself is now part of the Maximum Fun Jumbotron program. The Jumbotron program allows anyone to share their message on our podcast, just like the Jumbotron at the ballpark. It's a fun way to show your support for your favorite celebrity trivia podcast, or this one, and get the word <laughs> out about what you're up to. It's easy and cheap. Only $100 for a personal message or 200 for a promotional one, and your message will be read by Helen or me. A promotional message is one with any sort of promotional or commercial component to it. The cost is $200 
$100 and the character limit for your message is 500, including spaces and punctuation. Examples of promotional messages include ones that advertise nonprofit organizations, independent entrepreneurs, Kickstarter projects, web comics, podcasts, and any other business you'd like to promote. That's right. We'll promote another podcast. Oh. <laughs> now, personal message is one without any promotional or commercial component to it. The cost is $100, and the character limit for your message is $350, including spaces and punctuation. What can you do in 350 characters? Wish a friend happy birthday. Congratulate a family member on graduating from college. Say happy anniversary to a spouse or partner. Put out a dating or personal ad. Really? Yeah, why not? That could happen. Wouldn't, wouldn't, you wanna, wouldn't it be fun to read a personal ad? Yes, I'm down. I'm going to put one. Swipe right. <laughs> Messages are scheduled on a first-come, first-served basis, so get more information and schedule your ad at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Thank, Thank you, Jumbotron. Jumbotron! Hey, it's Jesse, the host of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I'm coming to Portland, Oregon. We're going to be doing a very special live episode of Bullseye, my NPR interview show. It's taking place Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall. What are you going to see if you go... To Portland, Oregon, to see this show, you will see me live on stage talking with folks like Corin Tucker from Slater Kinney, director Lance Bangs, writer Bill Oakley, Simpsons legend. Uh, we will also have live music from Roseblood and live comedy from Katie Wen. It's going to be a blast and a half. It's also part of a big podcast festival called Listen Up Portland. Tons of other great podcasts are playing at it, too. Our pals, the Doughboys, among others. So, again... That's Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon, 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at listenupportland.com. And thanks. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Elliot Kalin with nine points and Felicia Day with one point. Do you have to repeat it? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. All right, Felicia, you got a chance to put some more points on the board here. Uh, Maybe. Your, well, yeah, well, there is a chance. I mean, I think we should, scientifically, that's true. Scientifically, there's a chance we all could die of a meteor right now, too. <laughs> the ray of sunshine, mother of the year, Felicia Day. Felicia, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the TV show Dharma and Greg, the board game Settlers of Catan, and Baking Cookies. Let's talk about each of those first. You said you know a lot about the TV show Dharma and Greg. Yes, I am a big late 90s sitcom fan. Suddenly Susan, <laughs> Caroline in the City. Sure. Um, there, no, there were just... I, 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 I was in college at the time, and I think the only thing that got me through was watching sitcom like and it had to be live. So, you know, back in the olden days, we didn't have DVR. Like, we could put something on a tape, which, God, I'm old. But um, I just The love... shows were in color, though. I'd like to point that out, right? Okay. They were in color. They okay. weren't live. I had to go to the cinema. Yeah. So what was it about Dharma and Greg that appealed to you so much? I saw myself in Dharma. I was... I, I feel like there are not a lot of non-standard women on TV. Mostly they were wives. And then, you know, you had the friends, but their hair was so good. That wasn't like... Too I'm good. Too good. Yeah, I love you. I didn't believe that. That Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston flip, I was like, come on. No, it's... And she was so honeyed. And they don't have problems. They're pretty. So... To me, Dharma was the, the, the quirky, the funny, the non-standard lady that actually made it on TV. And I was like, I can be her. She's dippy. And so <laughs> I decided that I was going to be an actor based on wow. sitcoms. And, and it was inspired by, I mean, Dharma Greg certainly was like, I could be on TV because she got a part. You know what I'm going to say? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you also said you know a lot about the board game Settlers of Catan, or Catan, which apparently I said earlier. 
Which yep. one is it, by the way? Mm, I don't, don't, don't do that. No point there for Felicia, I'm sorry. No, no, tell us, what you, tell us what you like about that game and how long you've been playing it. Well, when I was a kid, I, we would play a lot of board games, but it was just a standard, you know, Monopoly, mm-hmm. Trivial Pursuit, which I never got. I, I don't think in my history of my life I've ever gotten an orange pie. Um, <laughs> ever. <laughs> so I never won. Um, that's sports, guys. And leisure. Yeah, and, and leisure. leisure. But yeah. it was never leisure. It was never when leisure I got for you. Okay. Never. It was yeah. always soccer. I like both of the guys on the stage jumped up to go, and leisure. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I love board games as a kid because it brought my family together. But then it wasn't until adulthood where I got really into the geek space and I went to conventions and my friend Will Wheaton would take me to play board games with his friends after we were signing and doing panels and stuff like that. And I, he introduced me to this whole new world of board games. And I believe one of the first times we played games was Settler's Catan, and I was like, oh my god, you just made me insecure about, is it Catan? <laughs> I said Catan, but then it had like a little yeah. French accent. It might be like, Caton, <laughs> I don't really know. I'm pretty sure it's Settler's though. Okay, yeah. anyway. <laughs> and so it was my entry into a world of amazing uh, board games and other games that I didn't appreciate, and I love board games now. I, I produced a show called Tabletop, uh, Will and I came up with a show, Tabletop Together, yeah, nice. thank you. Um, it's an amaz- it was an amazing show, and it introduced me to so many board games, and I got a copy of every game, so I can't... I literally cleaned out my office except for board... I'm like, I'm not getting these away. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you said you know a lot about baking cookies. That was just because I put, wanted to put something non-nerdy in that I knew about. <laughs> okay. Because I didn't want to just be like, burp, you know, like... <laughs> but you do know about it. Video game. I mean, I know... And, okay, I've been recently obsessed with Briti- British baking show, and I would have... Spe- yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Do you have a specialty when you bake cookies? What's your, uh, what's your good one? Um, I, I really, I mean, I like a reliable chocolate chip. And you brought some for the entire audience? I forgot. You forgot. I forgot because I ate half the pan. Oh, okay. So anyway. And threw the rest away. And threw the rest away, excellent. Uh, all right, very, very interesting. So to summarize, Felicia, you said you know a lot about Dharma and Greg, Settlers of Catan, and baking cookies. Today we're going to quiz you about Dharma and Greg. Oh, no. Do you have a favorite episode? I love the one with Pendulette as a mute dog kind of animal. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, I can't remember, I mean, I don't remember the name of any episode, but he played Mr. Bones. It was Jane, the quirky sort of riot girl, kind of 90s, I'm really droll, kind of, that girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was Dharma's best friend, and she went out of town and left Mr., I think it was Mr. Bones. It starts with a B. Anyway, she left Mr. Bones for them to uh, watch, and Greg, um, played by Thomas Gibson, he had to, he was like, oh, we can watch this word. It's a man. And then, but he was really a dog. But then they got to be best friends. And then when he left, Thomas Gibson almost cried. And then I cried because I was like, your man dog's leaving. Now who's a good summarizer? <laughs> wow. Really? That was good? That was something. I didn't, I didn't know this series was so weird. Yeah. I forgot it was so weird, too. That's why, yeah. that's why I loved it. Okay. It's so good. There's ghosts. It's so weird. <laughs> When's the last time you dog? watched an episode of Dharma and I mean, it'd been a while, and okay. then I watched some clips when I decided I told you I was good at it, and I was like, <laughs> God, this show is so much better than I remember, except there's some problematic 90s things about it, but you sure. know, it's the same right. with friends. All right, well, uh, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Dharma and Greg to test your mastery, but we're going to let you show off first. Uh, with five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Elliot, do listen closely because you can steal if Felicia gets any wrong. By the way, Elliot, how much do you know about Darman and Greg? Not too much. <laughs> I remember they had those really, really wordy production logo cards. Okay, well, we'll see if that comes up. Did you think that was pretentious? 
I was, I think at the time I was like, I was young enough that I was like, I can read this if I read it fast enough, and I could never read it fast because enough. Because there were not DVRs at the time. Exactly, you, yeah. You had to just like, And oh. if you recorded it, it would you not had, freeze. you'd have you scan lines yeah, on your tape. Exactly. Yeah, you couldn't read old it. Old people! <laughs> yeah, old people! We're not even old! <laughs> no. Here's your first question about Dharma and Greg. Felicia, the show was nominated for six Emmys, three of which were for which star of the show? Oh, Jenna Elfman. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. One point. I mean, she's so funny and real. She is. Uh, fun fact, she did not win any of those Emmys, but she did win a Golden Globe Award. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, question number two. Dharma and Greg was co-created and produced by a man who created and or Chuck produced... Chuck <laughs> Would you like a hint? Is that not right? Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It was Chuck Lorre. Know the question. He also created and or produced Two and a Half Men, Mom, Big Bang Theory, blah, that blah, Blair, blah. What, that Blair Woman's show? What? <laughs> she, he did Blair Butler's show right before that. Which Brett was Butler's Brett show. Brett Butler. Yes, yes, Grace Under Fire. Grace Under Fire. Yeah. When you said that Blair Woman, I thought maybe there was like a Blair Witch sitcom. That's what I, was like, I was like, is it a Facts of Life spinoff or is it the Blair Witch Project? I couldn't decide. All right, Felicia, you're two for two here in question number three. I don't know if you noticed, Felicia, but Dharma and Greg, they're kind of opposites. <laughs> she works as a yoga teacher, and he works as what? He was a lawyer. Helen? That is correct. Federal prosecutor or a lawyer, that's correct. I like how when I was looking back on it, like, yoga was weird back then. Yeah, right. Like, what a crazy kook! Right. <laughs> uh, you're three for three here is question number four. Greg's legal secretary, Marlene, looks familiar, but more so she sounds familiar. What character on The Simpsons is voiced by the actor who plays Marlene? Give me a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? The actor is Yardley Smith. The actor is Yardley Smith? Mm -hmm. Correct. What character did Yardley Smith voice on The oh, Simpsons? Oh, um, I don't know. Uh, Marge? Helen's at Marge. I don't know. It is not Marge. Marge no, Ellie there? with a chance to steal. Lisa Simpson. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It was Lisa Simpson. It was Lisa? Yep. She either plays Lisa Simpson or secretaries, like on Herman's yeah. Head. On Herman's Head? I remember that. And they did a joke about how she sounded like Lisa yeah. Simpson on Herman's Head. Oh, we got to have a spin off podcast inside Herman's oh, Head. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. I love that show. Damn it. Uh, all right, you slipped a bit there. Let's see if you can come back with question all number right. five. Of all of the guest stars on Dharma and Greg, two played themselves on multiple episodes. One is a Grammy-winning pop and country singer. The other was a legendary broadcaster and producer. Name one of them. I know one of them was Katie Lang. Is that your answer? One of them. Yeah? Well, I did ask you to name one of them. Oh, one of them? Yeah. Do, do you want to, I can say name two of them if you'd rather. No, no, but I want to know what the other one is. Well, maybe we'll tell you if you'd say Give your answer and then we'll tell you the other one. Give me a hint for the other one. We don't have a hint for the other Suddenly one. Suddenly she's overachieving. Yeah. Whoa. Felicia, I'm sorry, you do not produce this show. I know it's confusing. There are many programs that you have a hand in. I have notes. Okay. Okay, fine, it's Katie Lang. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, it is Katie Lang. Uh, the other was Dick Clark. Dick Clark was oh, the other yes, one. Oh, yes, Dick Clark. Yes. Claudia Schiffer also had a big arc on, on the show. As herself, though? No, she, was, uh, she blah, played blah, another blah. lawyer. Yeah. Mm. Uh, fun fact, I used to work in the mailroom for Dick Clark Productions. Is that a, is that a statement for Clark? Are you? You? Me. I am Dick Clark's friend. You said it in a voice that you were reading a question. When fun we, fact. When we say fun fact here, it's yeah. in air quotes. <laughs> the fact or the fun? I thought it was fun. Now, Felicia, here is your... <laughs> now, Felicia, here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster facts. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. 
We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Though the show was focused on a couple, it really was a family show, with Dharma and Greg's parents appearing in all 119 episodes of the series. For up to three points, name three of the four actors who played the parents. The character names or the actors? The actors' names. Okay, Kitty, Kitty Montgomery was Susan Sullivan. Mimi Kennedy played Abby. The other two white guys. <laughs> yeah, that should really narrow it down. Um, we want you to be a little more specific. Let me check with the judges. Is there, we need more, more specificity, Helen? Helen is nodding yes. We so need to be a little more specific. Than the other two white guys? Yeah, than the other yeah, two white guys? Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. Helen is a, a, a stern taskmaster, but she, she insists on accuracy. I can see their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, the one guy with the rat tail. Remember rat tails? Sure. <laughs> There was a, no, the, the Larry, the guy who played Larry, mm-hmm. I think his name was Alan, and his last name starts with an R, and I don't know if I can remember it, but Do you his... want me just to just pull, pull a guess of any, any R name? Or you can go for the other actor as well. Ranish, or something like that? Ranish, Alan Ranish. Oh, the other guy has like two white guy na- first names. Uh-huh. You know, like it's like Clark Ryan, or something like that, or Michael Ryan. Okay, well, which one do you want to guess? Can I just guess the aggregate of those? The aggregate <laughs> like, of those. I know the Alan initials. Ryan, maybe, or? I know the initials are right on both of them. Uh-huh. Michael Ryan? Michael Ryan? Michael Mark Ryan? Ryan? Mark, okay, well, let me know when you're done. Alan. <laughs> I think Alan Ranish or something. Alan, Alan Ranish is pretty close. Okay, so you're going to go with Alan Ranish. Or, Ma- or oh, boy. Marvin <laughs> Ryan. Marvin Ryan. It's just a series of ellipses, isn't it? <laughs> Talking with Felicia Day. This podcast is going to be twice as long. Because, yeah. Oh, Felicia, you need to stretch it out. Get yeah. Felicia on You don't have to write down every time you say something, and my hand hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're going to go with those. So it was, it was How me- many M names can I write down? Yeah, right. So once again, just to summarize for everybody, the ladies were... Susan Sullivan. And? Mimi Kennedy. Right, and then you're going with Alan... Ranish. Alan Ranish. Rambish. Please put a period on this sentence. (laughs) At this point, I'd like a semicolon even. Murray Ryan. All right, here we go. Helen, God bless her, is taking note of your answers, running out of room on this full-size piece of paper she has. We have an expert on hand who can tell us the answers for sure. I need another pen, I think. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight, we have an Emmy-nominated actor who's known for appearing in Showgirls, L.A. Law, and all 119 episodes of Tarma and Greg. <laughs> you are going to kick yourself. It's Alan Rachin! Alan Rachin! <laughs> Welcome, Mr. Rachins. Thank you. And you pronounced it right, because even when people know my name, Rockins, Rachins. Mm. So I'm sorry. Thank you for that. Yeah. Have, you, have you heard Ranich before? I never heard that before. Well, Felicia Day, unique in every single way. Thank you for that. Thank God. <laughs> now, the Emmy nomination that we mentioned was, of course, for uh, L.A. Law. L.A. Law. One of my favorite shows of all time. Thank you. And Such a Golden a Globe show. nomination for that, too. And a Golden Globe as well. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well earned. And uh, Veronica Cartwright, who we had on earlier in the show, was on that uh, was on several episodes of L.A. Law. I hear, yes, but you know, <laughs> because um, 
you know, it was an ensemble show, so I might well not have worked with her. And people, mm -hmm. you know, you're in two days, and then suddenly there she is, and now she's gone. So you didn't know a lot of the people who were on the show. But you also worked on L.A. Law with your wife, playing your wife. My wife played Sheila Brackman. We had epic fights on L.A. Law. And uh, we in had a great time. On the show. On the show. On the show. <laughs> we didn't have to have them. Uh, yeah. we, we just thought of an incident that happened in L.A. Law, which was we shot on location in this house, and we were told not to use the bathroom in the house. <laughs> and it was raining outside. And my wife needed to go to the bathroom. I thought, you know, use the bathroom in the house. It's ridiculous. I'll stand outside. So the woman who was in charge of the house that particular day opened the door. <gasps> to pull my wife out what? by her arm for using the bathroom. What? Wow. what? That sounds purposeful. <laughs> <laughs> I interceded. I, I would hope so. Absolutely. What, was, was the plumbing not connected or something? Was no, it, it was just that they were very, you know, hoitsy-toitsy about the house what? and their bathroom. She grabbed her by the arm? That seems illegal, yes, probably. It yeah. does. Yeah. Did she wow. get fired? Did she get fired? She did not get fired. Yeah. The know? glamour of show business, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it? It's not one thing after another. So that was a big change for you, going from a single-camera drama to a multi-camera sitcom and going from sort of an uptight lawyer to a radical hippie. What was that like for you? It's never show, been deply, uh, described as a rat tail before. Oh, sorry. I, I always looked on it as a ponytail. Okay, uh, yes. But, but, but let's clear on that too. I'm can... from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was fantastic because I, I, I really had uh, the luck of being in two great shows. I loved doing L.A. Law. It was, you know, a one-camera show. And a show like that with an ensemble, you're in two days a week, sometimes three days a week. So even though you're working 14 hours a day or more, you've got all those other days. So that was fantastic. And then on this four-camera show, I mean, it was so much fun. It was just uh, great people. Uh, the best time you could have, and then you, only, you do come in five days a week for that, but the hours are fantastic, and the level of fun mm -hmm. doing that show was just super. Oh. Excellent. So. Did you, was that your real hair that was in the ponytail? No, that was 20th Century Foxes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to return it. It was a tad, yeah, and they took it back when it was over. Oh, <laughs> did they auction it off for charity or something? <laughs> for, they should have. They should yeah. have. <laughs> and we talked about that there were a lot of great guest stars, and we mentioned KD Lang, Dick Clark. What were some of the memorable guest stars that you remember uh, getting to work with? <laughs> so even though even though I don't have short arms and don't think I'm I'm approaching Alzheimer's. <laughs> did you listen to this whole thing? <laughs> I'm going to have a difficulty maybe remembering history, but Bob Dylan was one of them. Wow. And, and that was pretty exciting because that was an episode where Dharma was learning uh, to play the drums. And she played in uh, Bob Dylan's band at the end of that particular show. And that was a, a particular fa fantastic... Uh, wow. uh, everyone was excited. Bob Dylan's there, you know. We just had a little uh, mini reunion of Dharma and Greg uh, at Susan Sullivan's house. Uh, somebody came into town. It was Jane, the woman who played uh, that character. What is she doing? Shay. She's doing, you know, what we're all doing, which is auditioning She's for other so things. Funny. She was very funny. And she was very sweet. So uh, she helped organize it, and we met at Susan Sullivan's palatial home. <laughs> I can't imagine she would have anything less than yeah. a state. Did, did you use the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> What's it like seeing people that you've uh, worked with so closely after, uh, after some time's passed? Well, it was great, you know, because I'm always a little bit uh, nervous about it. Is this going to work out? Am I going to regret this? How is it going to be? And it was just a great group. We just, uh, it was kind of a love fest, and it was a terrific to see everybody again. Absolutely. Their, their dog's name was Stinky. 
Wasn't <laughs> Ellen? There was one of the dogs named Dar Stinky. Dharma's dog or something? I think so. I forget the other one. But there were two dogs. Did you have any incidents on set with those dogs? I just, well, you know, those dogs, it's kind of sad a little bit because, you know, they're just off to the side. They're not doing anything. And then they're brought on to be on, on, on the screen. You know, it's not like you never see these dogs, like, run around and have a good time. It's so they like, had, like, a stage parent. Oh, big time, absolutely. Yeah. I also heard one of them was paper, but you couldn't tell when the camera was. <laughs> yeah, the, the hidden message of the theme of this episode yeah. is don't be an animal in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Alex, wonderful stories. Well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game goes. You heard the question that we asked Felicia. We wanted to know who are the three of the four actors that played the parents. Helen, what was the first answer that Felicia gave? Felicia said Mimi Kennedy. And uh, Alan? That is right. That is correct. One point. What was the second answer that Felicia gave Helen? Felicia said Susan Sullivan. Alan? And that is right. Another point for Felicia. <laughs> and finally, Helen, what was the third answer that Felicia gave? She, Go down well, the list. Yeah, she, initially, down the list. she initially said Alan starts with an R, <laughs> and then eventually went to Alan Ranish. And uh, Alan Rachins, what do you think about that answer? One point. Oh, she's going to get the point. I also have to say, Mitch Ryan was the other. Mitchell was, Ryan, was you were the very close dad. on that. So yeah. Literally yeah. said every M name. But you're lucky Alan is very generous. <laughs> Alan, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they go? AlanRachins.com. Thanks so much for joining us, Alan Rachins. My pleasure. You're amazing. So funny. He's. They always made jokes about him smoking oregano on that show, yeah. but they never just outright said he's smoking pot. <laughs> That's what they meant. What? Helen, how about a score recap as we go into our final round? At the end of that round, Elliot Kalen has 10 points and Felicia Day has eight points. Oh, a very nice comeback for Felicia. But now it is time for our fast facts round, our final round. I will read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I will start with Elliot and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Elliot, buffalo wings are named after the city of Buffalo. True. Correct. Felicia, buffalo wings are made from buffaloes. No, false. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Elliot, buffalo mozzarella cheese is made from the milk of buffalo. False. Incorrect. No, it really oh. is. Felicia, burrata cheese is made from the milk of a burrata. False. <laughs> Correct. Correct, although I've tried. Elliot, <laughs> fettuccine Alfredo was invented by a guy named Alfredo. Mmm, true. Correct. Felicia, fettuccine Alfredo was invented in Italy. False. Incorrect. No, it was. Oh. Elliot, the Caesar salad was invented in Italy. False. Correct. Felicia, the Caesar salad was invented in Mexico. True. Correct. Yeah, laugher, it really was. Yeah, you. <laughs> Catan expert. <laughs> Elliot, the Waldorf salad was invented at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. True. Correct. And finally, Felicia, the garden salad was invented at the Hilton Garden Inn. False. <laughs> correct. That's correct, although it might as well have been. Let's give a nice hand to both of our players, Felicia Day, Elliot Kalin, an excellent, well-fought game. Helen, are you ready to announce the final score of today's match? I am. At the end of the game, Elliot Kalin has 14 points, and Felicia Day has 12 points. Congratulations, Elliot Kalin. You are the facting champion. Elliot, what will you do with your championship? Uh, brag about it. An excellent use of your championship. <laughs>
We're going to give everyone here a chance to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Elliot, where can people find you and your book? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot Kalen. That's the name. That's what it is. Uh, the book, Horse Meets Dog, is available wherever books are sold. Go to your local independent bookstore. If they don't have it, then I guess you can get it online or something. But try it in a bookstore first. And uh, listen to the Flophouse podcast on Max Fun. And uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Gauntlet, is on Netflix right now. Elliot Kalen. Felicia Day, where can people find you? What people, are you up to? People can find me on the internet at Felicia Day pretty much everywhere inside you. And uh, not really. What? It's <laughs> more metaphorical. You gotta, everyone's got to find their inner Felicia exactly. Day. Uh, and uh, you could see my work in Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix. Please watch The Gauntlet, all six episodes. Just binge it all. Take it all in. And um, I have my podcast, Felicitations. It's about what you'd see here. So probably <laughs> just subscribe and don't listen. It's great. We're certainly happy that we got to see and listen to Felicia Day, ladies and gentlemen. As if you people were lucky enough, your co-host is Ms. Helen Hong. What do you have going on, my friend? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FunnyHelenHong, and you can see my performance calendar at HelenHong.com. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith and on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Felicia Day, Elliot Kalin, Veronica Cartwright, Alan Rachens, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Melanie2612 did. She said, I like this podcast a lot, but I love Helen Hong. Thanks, oh. Melanie2612. Thank you, Melanie. The lovable Helen. <laughs> Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Mitch Clem, Jordan Morris, Spencer Marks, Leora Saul, Dave Bianchi, Hal Miller, and Christine Vallada. I've been Helen Hong. Hey, it's Jay Keith again. Be sure to tune into our next episode on Friday, February 1st with Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall and Jenny Yang from Busy Tonight. Jenny knows a lot about city planning. The city of L.A., if you see how it's drawn, looks like a squid. <laughs> and Scott has a lot of opinions about condiments. When I talk about mustard, I just admire it so much. <laughs> That's Go Fact Yourself, every first and third Friday here at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.